must begin to develop, number one, and this is the most important thing we can do as a people. We must first develop an undying love for our people. Our people. Our people. Our people. We must develop an undying love as is personified in Brother Huey P. Newton. Undying love for our people. Undying love. If we do not do that, we will be wiped out. We must develop an undying love for our people. Our slogan will become, first, our people, then, and only then, me and you as individuals. Our people first. Our people first. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Black and Brown Underground, a podcast where we have conversations with local organizers and activists about radical topics. In this episode, we'll be talking about organizing overseas, the global impact of Black Lives Matter, and our work as activists overseas. My name is Yoseline, and I'm a member of Black Lives Matter IE, as well as podcast host to the Black and Brown Underground. And in this episode, we are joined by Christina. Ah! Uh, she is a community organizer <laughs> with BLM San Diego and a personal friend of mine. Yeah. Her and I occupied a police station together in Canada. And how are you, Christina? I'm so oh excited to see you. It's been oh so long. God. I think it's been it's like five years. Long. It has been that long. Oh my too God. long. You look like a little one now. You look gorgeous. So oh do you. God. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to see you. It's been so long. It's been like five years or how long? Yeah, five years. Yes, because what did we were down? We were in so we were in Canada. We were 2016. Oh 2016. But, no, but we saw each other. We saw each other like four years ago. Um, you went to my to my going away thing. Yeah. Well, like just following you on Instagram, and um, and it was the first time that I kind of met everybody upon a part of the uh, the underground. So it's just yes, you hung out with Matthew, right? You knew Matthew before, though, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So much. <laughs> I like. Oh, I've missed you to death. Like it's so weird seeing you like in person on the computer, kind of, but like. It's just been a long time and just so good to just like see your face and just like in love constantly with everything that you, you know, you post like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You, you just love you your too. You love us I so know. much. And we're so, <laughs> we're so lucky to have you. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to see you. And I'm so lucky to have you. I literally like always talk about Canada. Like my favorite memory of Canada is you it's yeah. just meeting. It's crazy because you were organizing out in LA mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with BLM LA. Yeah. And I never met you when we were in California together. I yeah. never met you. <laughs> I met you when we were organizing in Canada together and we were occupying the police station together. That's when we met. And like we were, we turned into like besties. Cause remember the other girl who we shared the room with, remember she was I love it. Everyone like fell in love in Toronto. In Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, be the best thing, like I think I was like really cold, I remember, and I was struggling because it was like April, but it was freezing, freezing, freezing in Toronto. And yeah, and I remember you helped me um, make my little bed and like everything in my little sleeping bag so I could be warm. And I remember cuddled up next to you and kept warm with you. And it was like the combos that we had out there. And, and then even the combos that we continue to have, like in our friendship about like folks with like chronic illnesses and stuff like that, how ableism shows up. Right. And, and how do we, you know, how do we be these folks in these bodies? And and you were really like, you were someone that really talked to me a lot about like, uh, about like fat phobia and stuff. And, and like, I hella appreciated you for that because like, it really, it really had me like deep diving about, and, and this kind of connects to like, when we talk about organizing 
in places like, you know, or organizing overseas, like just everyone having that self-reflection to know like how we are fully showing up in 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 all spaces uh, for like blacks and, and honoring the different like different black identities honoring the different ways in which the ways in which our bodies how we present are like how that causes harm for uh how we get harmed and like the yeah. hello 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 white you know eurocentric um anti-black spaces and and holding each other in that and not trying to like oh it's okay or or like you know not not try to explain away or or minimize what what the truth what like the truth is the way we come up in this world like the, our struggles right and I yeah. think for, I think for me like you know when I when we organized in Canada together holding that space and then like organizing in like Tijuana like Baja uh, California. Two is, it's just like, it's constant reflection, like yeah. reflection in a way like, damn, like I'm representing an oppressive ass country in this space. And I'm also representing like my blackness in this space. And I have to not so much be careful, but honor the honor, the way my, my privilege like shows up. Uh, in these spaces and like really like trusting, trusting the leadership, but also trusting like black leadership of those spaces, but also feeling like kind of sad and affirmed that like anti-blackness is a global thing. Yeah, know? definitely. And that's something that we, that I gathered from organizing in Canada, but like back to the talking about ableism, mm -hmm. I will never forget the stories you were telling me about how you had trouble trouble uh, getting insulin while yeah. you were in college. And yeah. I remember at the time, so I was in Canada with you in 2016 and I moved later on, I think that year to New York and I was scared. And I was telling you about how I was scared because I had to take these medications, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And you were like telling me how much you struggled to get insulin when you were out in, in your college, like in your college years and how you struggled yeah. to really get the, the proper care. And I'm like so grateful to have I'm you so here because like later on I heard all these people, you know, that had that ration insulin die. So um so yeah. grateful to have yeah. you here. That story, that story you told me never left me. Like it really never left me. And you really are an inspiration, like really, really. Oh my gosh, like you too, you too. You'll see like when you would, when you, when we would talk like about when you were in New York and, and like how, how like you really made me feel like brave to talk about like having, having diabetes, having like a, a chronic, you know, chronic condition because it's so much internalized ableism, you know, I struggle with, you know, and and, you know, oh, my gosh, just and it like because I heard about the person because Color of Change was like lifting up this um, this petition for someone who had rationed her insulin and and she passed and and how so much about like rationing out our medicine is just connected to, again, how much we like super love our communities. And it's like because it's like, oh, my gosh, this medicine you know, this medicine will pay for me to live, but can I live with my family not being able to eat? Or even if I do take this insulin, I won't have enough money to eat. So, you know, and it's just, oh, but like yeah. about you and how you were like talking about the stairs in your, in your spot. I was just like, so freaking mad, you know, <laughs> Oh, that's New York. Win. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh but um, do you remember what we were organizing in Canada for while we were while we were um occupying the police uh, station? Yeah. Can you tell? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember the the brother's name, and I'm so like ashamed about that. But I remember we um we were like holding it down and following the lead of like BLM organizers there. And, um, and it was like, so it was, 
it, it was kind of like in, in all these like occupying spaces, right? Like when we when we do when we like camp outside city halls, when we like camp outside, um, camp outside, like, you know, elected officials homes and stuff like that, or police stations, the community that the communities that live and breathe and grow in those spaces is really like such an exciting space because it's like a an experiment on how the world could be. Um, and it, it makes me feel good too, because when I hear some like folks with who like don't have the language to to talk about the vision that they paint as being kind of ableist, right? Like when whenever I'm in spaces and people are like, no one is sick, no one is no one is having mental health emergencies. Everyone is, everyone is fine. Everyone is fine. I'm just like, yo, my dude, like you just like, no, like, <laughs> like in those spaces, like being able to, being able to see how the world looks like when black folks are, tr black women in films are trusted and leading, um, when folks with disabilities are like centered and thought about or at least folks with disabilities have like a chance to talk about how something is like ableist and needs to like change. Um, and where, where folks are, are again, like following the lead of black women and films, like in that space, I don't know if you remember, there was like a, uh, there was like a white person in that space telling, trying to scare everybody. Uh, they, they have been a, a, a bootleg accomplice who is, <laughs> Who was who had been hanging out in the spot the whole time and literally undermined the leadership of like black women and femmes who were leading the space and had everybody all freaked out and scared like we was gonna get arrested that night and and remember we all put the the bail number and stuff on our arms and then one of the black organizers um was like yo one like this person is trash and they've been talked to. Uh, two, you know, it was a really calling moment for me too. Uh, they were like, yo, like, why were you just trusting a random white person in this space? Mm -hmm. And and that really, that was huge for me. That was so huge for me because like, yeah. like all these, what is it like, yo, as an oppressed person, I internalize so much stuff, right? Internalize anti-blackness, internalize, you know, ableism and constantly working on those things. So it was, it was such what a- What we have done if we were arrested in Canada. <laughs> right, right. Oh, oh my God, remember that was, it was like, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> Ooh, having been arrested, having been arrested now here, uh, we got arrested like on Friday. Um, yeah, did you see that or no? I saw no. I saw um, uh, Broderick's video. Yeah, we were all. It was me, Broderick, and Avery, and my partner Brian, um, and I had another member named. What was oh, that? I was so mad to see how they did Broderick. Like Broderick, really, um, like. So I love like, Roderick, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe it. Well, I can't because mm -hmm. they're trash, but I just was no, so really. They really are trash. Um, yeah, but having been arrested now here in the States, oh, I can't imagine what it would have been like to have been over arrested overseas. That would have been yeah. so crazy, like not having nobody, and we just had each other, and we had just met. Yeah. Um and that's just, man, that's just something like I never, I didn't even think about that. Like I was telling uh, Matthew, like I was making a joke because I'm light skinned, you know, I was just like, I was like, I thought I was too privileged to get arrested. <laughs> I was like, they're going to look at me like, they was like, you too, <laughs> you too light skinned, you're good. <laughs> you, we know you. <laughs> I was like, um, I was just like, sh I showed up to the protest. Like, I, I never had, I never had that in mind. Like, okay, I'm gonna get arrested. Like, I never think yeah. about that, you know. And even being in Canada, like thinking about occupying a police station now, it just seems so radical. Like, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> and I just like so casually went to Canada. That. that was so cool. Yeah. 
And I just so casually went to Canada, like, all right, gonna occupy police station, like, woohoo. <laughs> we all did. We all did. And I think it's I think it's a mix and like something I think of I've been reflecting on a lot, right? Like I'll be uh, August 14th, I'll be 33. And, you know, I hear stories about like how, how, uh, how old the, uh, you know, the Panthers and stuff were, right? And, and like, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, Sada and them were like, you know, and, and like how much, how much when we were all out there, how it was so many of us is like, youth and young folks, you know, and just like how important it is. Yeah, how important it is that like, I, I hate when people are like, we got to make sure we're teaching the youth. Nah, like we knew what we was doing. We mm-hmm. knew and like trusting the youth to to come through and do their things. Um, like now, uh, like I'm I'm think I'm thinking about it too. Like I don't know why you'll see. I was just like, nah, I ain't gonna get arrested. I was just like, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna be loud. I'm gonna try not to take up too much space. I'm gonna listen to direction. <laughs> But I don't. Oh know. my god! Because I and I remember too. We were holding space with um other folks who was in Canada for school, and they were from they were from other places, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Yo, like," and that, and also now I'm getting even more mad at the white person who had us putting that bail number on our arm because it yeah. really, really scared them too. Like they were like, yeah. "Yo, like if." If I get arrested, I won't be able to come back to school. And I was like, dang. And then, yeah, like, that's really intense. Yeah, like the, the, the risk you, you have like a different risk too when you when you get arrested and especially overseas and you're not from there. Mm-hmm. Like uh so I had, I was actually traveling with someone from LA chapter. Uh their, their name is TK. I don't know if you know them. Oh, I love but I, <laughs> yeah, I was traveling with TK. To Canada, me and TK got on the airplane together in LAX. We were next to each other at LAX. We went to Chicago together, from Chicago to Canada. Now when we went, ended up in Canada, um, they stopped us. Remember. They stopped me and TK. Yeah, me, they stopped me and TK. They held TK back and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, TK can't come into the country because they got a felony or something. And um, so TK had to go back to, to Chicago and spent, they spent the whole, like the whole week that we were in Canada, they spent it in Chicago and we were out in, uh, in Canada, but uh, it's so different and the risks are so different and you could get really, you could get like banned from that country <laughs> for doing some shit. And me like, man, before, like the only thing that like that's really changed is that I was very timid Um back then but phew, man. i mean okay somewhat <laughs> you're not you're very well, as far as you may have been like a little quiet and like a little sometimes like unsure like unsure of yourself but it just was like i was like i was like yoseline's so, so great she, they so shy oh. <laughs> no, um are you as far as like I'm sorry, Yoselin, what pronouns do you use it? Oh, it's she. She's, oh, she's right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. she's so shy, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm like, as far as like talking to police goes, like uh like I got like a lot of hate for how I talked to the police that arrested us and that beat Broderick up and stuff like that and beat us up. And because I called them pigs and I called them, I said called them bitches. Oh, I told wow. them they had little <laughs> I told them they had little dicks, um, and I I called one of them. And people who like little dicks, but if you're hurting people and you got a little dick, you're gonna get called out. <laughs> little dick energy. <laughs> there are some people with little dicks who have big dick energy. So hmm. that's true. That's true. But no, like Yoseline. Speaking of, okay, you you go, and then I'll go. I'll tell you because oh no, I and then the last thing I called one of them, I. Yeah, I called one of them, uh, one of the black cops, the one who actually hurt me and hurt Brian, my partner Brian. I called him a coon, and yeah. I told him I was like, I said you're probably fucking a white bitch, <laughs> but I was in my feelings. I don't like black people, like the yeah, people going around saying I'm not racist because I have a black husband who's a cop. Child. Mm-hmm. It's a whole, like, so in March, because I'm also a part of this so dope group down here called March for Black Women in San Diego. Shout out to uh, mm-hmm. 
Spring Washington, the founder of that. Um, so we did a so for the last three years, right? We've been doing an unapologetic, like black ass woman and femme uh led and centered march through like the famous like black neighborhood in San Diego, Southeast San Diego. So in March, it was our third annual one. And you know, right before um right before everybody had to go in the house because of the quarantine. So we doing the march. Um we get there's this really dope like a uh, uh, brown sister who's an organizer who with the brown beret she like helps support and provide safety um a police officer a black cop uh like pushes her as we going up the hill and so um we see that we're like you know we and we explicitly tell the police that they cannot march with us and like they always ask they're like can we well i'm like no, y'all can march with us when no co-workers that are killing us stop and y'all don't y'all quit. I'm saying you can march when you're not a police officer no more. That'd be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time doing that these last three years. <laughs> the 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 requests have not changed, but they have yet to follow up. So they can't march with us, no. So they do that thing they do where they come out anyway and like block roads and stuff like that, which don't nobody need because we in our own community. Like I know the people yeah. driving cars. I can be like, yo, mm -hmm. don't don't drive down here. So the police shove, shove our comrade and then we call the police out on it. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and our comrade yells at the police officer. And there's another person there, uh, part of the march. And so that they, they're like, don't yell. Because it's like a black cop. So the mm -hmm. people are all confused. Except fuck all the police. <laughs> fuck all the police. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Okay. So police officer. Like, no, fuck him too. Um, so... So yeah, so uh, so this lady who's a part of the march yells, you know, oh, you know, don't talk to him like that. He's a friend of mine. And so the the brown sister is like, the brown sister is like, yo, he just pushed me. And other black women, a part of march for black women, are like, he just pushed her. Also, he's a cop. Whatever, like you know, kick rocks, lady. So. We tell her to lead a march. She gets super offended. She's like, so she meets, so she starts online saying that like the March for Black Women isn't for all Black people, isn't for all Black women, that we don't care about Black women. And and folks online like, so then, so then the cops met us in the park. And so we told the cops to leave the park. We like, we, a group of us was like, get the fuck out of here, especially the black police officer that pushed pushed our, our comrade. So um, so we look online, it's all this stuff saying that we shouldn't talk to police officers from the community like that. And mm -hmm. it's so it's so exhausting and terrible because one, we know right if we were black men we wouldn't be faced with this type of disrespect, you know, if, you know, because of patriarchy. Right. And then to like our community, like, and, and then these people that try to position themselves as being the voice for our community, telling us we need to be nice to police officers who are local. No, no, we don't. Black police officers forever have been used as these terrible Trojan horses to, to come to our communities to bring more police, more policing. Hell nah. Hell nah. They can quit. They can quit being a police officer just like these white cops can. And they can get, they can, they are going to get criticized just like white cops, just like brown cops, just like a Asian cops. Like they're going to get, they're going to get it because you I like the way you go ahead. I'll oh, I like the way you put it. A Trojan horse. Like that's like, yeah. that's really. Because I, I remember my first Know Your Rice training uh, during with police. It wasn't it wasn't from ACLU. It was from a black police officer who came in mm -hmm. and that if I needed help, I needed to keep my hands up as I approached the police officer to ask for help because he know how his co-workers get down. So you know no. 
You know mm-hmm. your coworkers ain't shit. And I'm a kid. And you're teaching yep. you're teaching me how my abuse is still gonna be my fault. And, and, and how to, and how to be complicit and compliant to your abuse. Yeah. That's exactly and what was uh so like with March for Black Women too, because you know, San Diego and I want San Diego and IE to be a more communication because like you know, y'all 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 landscape is a little bit like ours, right? Where it's like it's black folks that if you know it's a it's a rich, deep black community where we know that something is wrong, but some of our some of the people that have that white folks have chosen to lead us, right? They they need some help understanding, and also it needs to be another alternative. People need to know that it's it's more than it's more than two options, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Like fuck that binary. Like we can create mm-hmm. new. We can so like in San Diego where we have like the blackity black budget, and we're talking about what does it look like to, like you know what are your wildest dreams? What could you do, black people, with two point one billion dollars? And it's like mm-hmm. we're the best. We're the best at spending money how it's supposed to go, and and it's like giving the chance to fantasize, like. For me, for me, OC, instead of giving that money to cops, like you could give that money to uh, what about these these uh, older folks who are like always or seeing things happen in their neighborhood, always people to disrupt violence or 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 like workout stuff. What if we was paying 100 elders full salaries and they only job was um was like. De- was de-escalating stuff that they already doing for free. What about paying people like my mom? My mom is uh, always shows up for her siblings and for family members to disrupt violence with her body and with her time. Like, what about giving my mama some money instead of putting yeah. it in the, instead of putting this money in the pocket of a cop? What about yeah. money to to like liquor stores? So that they're able to have some food in the back. Or if somebody steals, they just take money from that account instead of calling the cops on or calling the cops or killing a little kid yeah. chips. And you know, or even make money for everybody to go to anti-black racism training. Fuck a cultural yeah. competency because always in cultural competency, the incompetence of cultural competency is black folks. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're right, but but you're kind right, of, kind of like circle back. Like I, yeah, I feel you. Like you know the comments, yeah. Like just like growing, and I think it's because we've we've been lucky to have lucky and like unlucky to gain a really deep understanding of just how just how trifling these police officers are. Yeah, man, the comments, the comments are call us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's crazy because like what happened was like, um, you know how you said that you, your mom uses her body to like de-escalate things. Yeah. Like we were uh peacefully protesting on Friday, um, the 31st, and we were just walking around with the bullhorns, and then they started saying that we were blocking things, then saying that we couldn't amplify our voices, and then just saying all this shit. And they started trying to get at one of our members named Avery. So I put my body between him and the cops and try to like protect him from getting, from getting, uh, get by the cops. And then my partner, of course, he sees me, he wants to get behind me. He doesn't want me to get hurt. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, this, this black cop that the one that I called a coon, his name is Frank Harris, officer Frank Harris, fuck him, uh, pig Harris. So he comes, he, he bulldozed into the, into the little, it's like, it's like five of us. And he bulldozed into us. He pushes Brian down to the ground. He pushes me, pushes another another protester. Avery is getting punched like several times oh so he can like like let his hands go so, so they can uh, so they can arrest him. And I was so emotional and so upset after that that that's when I started, you know, turning up on them and started screaming at them. And I was just like, I was so upset. But so I uh, it was on live. The video was on live. Uh, you can't see me. You can you can't you can just hear me say all those things you to them. That was your voice on Broderick's video where Broderick was being. No, honest. no, no. 
That wasn't my no no. At that, at that point, I already had been arrested. Broderick, Broderick was the last one to get arrested, mm-hmm. and Broderick was just walking away too. Broderick was walking away, and I just saw everything happen oh. while being handcuffed against the wall. Yeah, and um, at that point, um, so then, so then, you know, I was recording live. Then they handcuffed, they handcuffed me. I was, I was against the wall, waiting for them to be done, basically arresting people. Yeah. And um, they post uh, San Marino Sheriff's Department posted the video. Just the part where they cut the video and only posted the part where I'm yelling at them and calling them all those names. And they didn't show anything else. So the comments are crazy. Like the comments are like, they're calling for my death, like that I should, I should die. I should get beat up. They're saying that, uh, they're they're saying that I sound, which is really ableist, that, that I sound autistic, that I sound manic. I sound like a maniac. They called me, they said I wasn't even black. I shouldn't have called him a coon because I wasn't even black. They said all these things. Yeah, it was just, the, the comments then, are just. And then people live that up, but they're legit not talking about how y'all got arrested for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Right. And we're like, I'm we're inviting this. And that's so, Yoselin, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for those fucking comments. Those people are so fucked up. Honestly, I know, like, I I have my fam like my my bill my e is my fam and I'm good like I know that they back me at 100% whether I was turning out like turning up and just being belligerent because I was upset they they couldn't understand and validize that val uh, give me validity to those feelings right yeah. um so I, I'm good with that as long as my friends and fam like validate uh, validate me then yeah. I'm good yeah then I'm good but it's like. Yeah. Like the way the way that they the thing for me and I think is we constantly are having like these conversations like the po- the police are never civil they're, they're never, never. Civil. They're but we're never expected civil. to be compliant even yeah. even when they beat their asses right police are never civil they're never nice they're never polite they're never cutting you a break motherfuckers be like well you know i got stopped today but i got off you know the police officer was nice enough to 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 give me a lower cost ticket how about the police not be stopping people on bullshit oh you got Mm -hmm. you got stopped on some bullshit and it's like you know i want to affirm you know along with you know with everyone else who who was in affirming and in your corner um what you said was fucking true it was real it was so appropriate it was very (laughs) because it's just like it's so it just it, it not breaks my heart but it's just like the the more oh, and 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 he hit, he hit my phone out of my hand too at one point that was that, like it was i was just recording their i was recording their badge numbers and their names yeah. and pig pig maris uh while I, when I, when i like passed by him he hit my phone out of my hand and shattered my phone oh my god oh my yeah god. he and like yoslin the the power the power in the power in verbally being in front of a police officer and saying anything but yes, that's that's yeah. revolutionary. And it was crazy because I showed up in my wheelchair. Like I showed up in my wheelchair. Oh my! I was God. in my wheelchair. Right. Oh, so it was. They, just, don't they don't care nothing about us, and they was they did deserve to be called all those fucking names. Because guess what? If you was white, you could have said that and had a gun, and they wouldn't have done nothing. Yep. Like these officers are freaking trash, and it's like, and it's like, like is I know for I know for me like, I do recognize the person that I am today. It's it's kind of like it's a progression from the really like it's like eat as time passes, I get less and less afraid of police, and I'm so appreciative of that, you know, because we literally come into this motherfucker scared to death of them we believe that like they can and it, and that's something that people really need to like understand that's why we got <laughs> Matthew yeah Matthew was laughing at me he was like he was like how do you how do you think you were not gonna get arrested when you were turning up on them like that <laughs> calling them all kinds of names because guess what a white girl a white girl would do that in San Diego and won't get arrested mm-hmm. it's wild like all we're doing all we are freaking doing is telling them what it is. We like you ain't shit. 
you everybody <laughs> your mom ain't shit your daddy ain't <laughs> shit your whole family ain't <laughs> shit and that's all we are saying practicing our first amendment rights and they arrest mm-hmm. us and then try to put on extra charges and stuff like that and it's 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 wild awesome you know as What's crazy too is that they had arrest originally gave us uh, higher charges. Yeah. But when we got out and we got our papers, they lowered our charges to like the very like very low like citation misdemeanor type of shit because they really did had nothing on us and we have we have all of the legal support and and Melina from uh, L.A. hit mm-hmm. us up and said she'll help us like yeah. so we better be scared we coming for them that part and it's like also like yo legit. These private ass prisons, private ass jails have their own, like, they don't have to worry about ever making quota because police are going to make sure that them spaces stay full. Yep. Like, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's terrible. And then they go, on, yeah. put y'all, they trumped, they put up y'all charges to, because it's scary when you in custody and you like, oh shit, like, they trying to get me on some federal stuff. So you should. <laughs> And then, like, they'd be like, here, here, we, huh, you know, we let you off with a tying your shoe on the, on the sidewalk ticket. Like, y'all are trash. I, y'all shouldn't have been, you know, y'all shouldn't have been booked. Y'all shouldn't have been arrested. Y'all shouldn't have been touched. And if we want to go all the way back, there shouldn't even be no police to do And so in La Mesa, um, in La Mesa, and here in San Diego, like, um, yo, hella brave, hella brave organizers and activists. They hit the motherfucking street when a member of our community was like hurt, was like harassed and hurt by police. And, you know, and in honor of like George Floyd and Brianna. And then um, that night, uh, police came out with being bad, with being bad guns. And they, um, they shot this woman named Miss Leslie in the face. And, uh, and also that night, the Chase Bank, you know, it, it burned up. And so what it created kind of in the aftermath of that, it was, it was like shameful because folks show more remorse for that motherfucking bank burning down than they did for Miss Leslie, who got mm. shot in the motherfucking face, right? And Miss Leslie wasn't doing nothing. The thing is, we never doing nothing. We never. We we always, we always aren't doing a thing. And and it was a crowd of people. And that white police officer shot a black woman in the face with a bean with a beanbag, right? So these pieces of shit, when I when I see their fucking faces, like and if, if they're white, I could just imagine them being like KKK members, like yeah. they like white supremacists on the low. Like there's no how can you redeem it? How can you redeem yourself? Like how? And, and and like the way people too, because you remember we were a part of, we've been a part of this movement for when people were like, when we're like, yo, let's defund, let's defund, let's abolish police, let's defund it. And people be like, well, then what are the police officers supposed to do? Uh, Get another job. I've <laughs> had so many jobs and family members of mine have had so many jobs that have legit disappeared because of motherfucking capitalism and demand the demand of the rich not mm-hmm. you know shifting or changing and actually go ahead no i was saying that that actually brings me to my to my question actually about because uh, capitalism is like a global issue and I was going to ask you uh, what other work have you done overseas? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really super lucky to be a part of this group called Espacio Migrante. It was created and built by like uh, Haitian folks who, uh, mm. who went from Haiti to Brazil um, and then when Brazil started to get into some scapegoating stuff uh, about people who weren't who weren't from Brazil, um, uh, like you know, they walked from Brazil to San Diego to uh, to, to Tijuana, and um, and like walked, yo, like literally walked. Yeah, it took them months. It took them a long time. They walked, and it's like you, 
how you know anti-blackness is definitely global. And some of the countries they stopped in, the armies in like the jungle would like keep those black folks in cages. And then they would have to escape at night. And then if you were still left in the cage, when, when like, when the army and stuff woke, when the armed forces woke up, they would beat you. Like it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's so hard being black everywhere. It's hard. So these folks, and, and it's like hearing the stories too of our loved ones walking from Brazil to, to Tijuana, to Tijuana, Baja, California, Mexico, like, and hearing about how like people who people were tired and, and being like, hey, you know, do you want to keep going or do you want us to leave you here? And people being like, yo, just leave me here. That's some pillar like, shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like at each border, at each border crossing, sometimes you had to pay with money. And, and you know, you know women and femmes, how they do us. Sometimes you got to yeah. pay somebody. And it's just like, you know, like all that shit and, and sacrificing all that to make it, make it to. Why, why were they, why were they walking from Brazil to, uh, to Mexico? It was like, cause at a time in United States, it was like, if you're seeking asylum, come on through, we got you. So if you can make it and then, you know, when, um, when you can make like, it down. And then like, also it is like being in community, I said, like being in community with folk, with black folks from like other countries really helps me see how like, how complex, right? Having a, a black president, you know, it mm. both, was both a, a a happy thing, but also very much a, 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 a kind of, you can't, how like you can be a black leader and you can't perpetuate the same shit. You know, and that and and really talking about that and exploring that and meditating that for me really has helped me me overcome a lot of discomfort I used to have in calling out black police officers. Mm. You know, like uh, a lot recently, I've had to be in a lot of conversations with with like um with like black folks who. It, like if we're in community spaces or I'm in a space with my job and there's like a black police officer there or there's like a uh, 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 somebody who is in love with a black police officer or somebody who works for a prison and stuff like that. And we have to ask them like, yo, like you can't be here in this space because you're not making people safe. And then being like, well, I'm black, too. And it's like, well, yeah, you are. But like your job though. And it's an impressive not, job. Yeah. And you're not being transparent. Uh th and this is when I'm in like non non-workspaces, but it's like you're you showing up here, you're not being transparent about what you do. And what does it look like, right? Uh recently we are we are like a person named Leo, he was killed by police officers and we went and Leo is Puerto Rican, but we also lifted up like hashtag Puerto Rican Come on, Afro Latino. Come on, let's not play. Yeah. Let's not play. Mm -hmm. um, and so we we showed up out there, and there was a person there who worked uh, like who worked for the prison in like an adjacent way, and they were uncomfortable with being called out about that and being asked to leave. And I was like mm -hmm. breaking it down for them, like because it's like yo yo yo, Slim, you I'll other you other yourself. Sorry, they other themselves. Yeah. And you ain't here trying to be sneaky and you not telling nobody. So now we really think you want some FBI, FBI mm -hmm. shit. But it's, but it's like, you know, like it's been, that's been really, so like, uh, so during Obama's, you know, yeah, during Obama's presidency, like folks was like, yo, let's, let's, let's make our trip up. We're asylum seekers. We're going to be able to, to touch base with our loved ones. And then while folks was making a trip, you know, terrible ass Trump got in. But also, like, it's important for me to lift up. A lot of folks was deported when Obama, a lot of black folks was deported when Obama was in presidency. So so it's like um, so like folks in in, in Tijuana, like uh they the black folks who were there they like built their own community waiting for um waiting for asylum and when the asylum you know 
when it didn't when it didn't happen, uh, it was groups uh, like uh, Mexican folks in uh, in Tijuana. They that were with the shit, right? They were like, "Yo, let's let's push for um for for black uh, immigrants to be able to feel safe here. Let's let's push against you know any type of Trump sentiment towards immigrants." Mm-hmm. But then it also led to a conversation about how anti-blackness shows up, you know, in in yep. community, in Latino communities, right? Yeah, that brings me to my next question. Yeah. Uh, well, two questions. Yeah. Um, so is over is, is organizing overseas something that you want to like focus on? And then um, how do you think that? How do you think like BLM has impact, impacted things globally? Because like as far as anti-blackness go, and how it's a global issue. Mm-hmm. I think like always like, so, you know, self-determination, that has to be the first thing, right? Like, or like I can't, I can't go nowhere and tell somewhere else how to, some black people somewhere else, how to organize and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If my house isn't in order. And even if my mm-hmm. house is in order, it's so important that folks have self-determination to do their thing. Like we did a, a, a caravan. So like there's a, a group of black folks in, in TJ, Tijuana, uh, yeah, Tijuana, Mexico. They're like, they they got it. It's called Las, Las Negras Importan. So like Black Lives Matter in like Spanish. Mm-hmm. They had they have the action there. They have action items. They have demands. Cause also, no surprise, more black people in a city. They invest more money in police. They got this policing department. I think it's called MPP. So all it does mm-hmm. is go around looking for black people in TJ to put in jail and then deport. So when, there's actually a collective too in, in Colombia called um, Comunidades Negras Angela Davis. So it's like black communities, Angela Davis. And they're just like, it's like radical collective in Colombia in Barranquilla. And I didn't meet them. I didn't talk to any of them, but I drove by their collective and I saw they had an Angela Davis poster like outside and it just said, you know, uh, Comunidades Negras Angela Davis. And I was like, damn, like this shit is, is real. Like the, that global issue is real. It's global and it's just like black again, black folks. We are just going through everywhere. Like folks hate black folks so much. And what is really was if anything, like I would like to continue to organize over overseas and other countries just to be encouraged and really mm-hmm. just, just to feel deep deeper connected to like black folks in other places. Cause it's like, like, you know, Haitian folks, Haitian folks, they was the first folks to free themselves from slavery. And like hearing about, hearing hearing from the Haitian perspectives, uh, historical events like Louisiana Purchase and how the purchase had to happen because uh, they knew that Haitian organizers was about to touch down in all the motherfucking colonies that mm. had black people who was enslaved, and they was gonna they was gonna organize for us to give for for us to free ourselves. Like I think mm. that key, you know, that key is just is so important. Like I wanna, I hope, right? I'm able to continue to to be invited and learn and. Mm-hmm. and be in community with black folks from other places, um, yep. you know, you know, then, you know, here, here in the, U- in the United States, because like, I know, um, I just know I need, I need that. I need that uh, connection. I need that, like, and I, I need that paint, that painting of the future. Uh, and also just, just needing that for when white folks, tell me, white folks or non-black folks, tell me about the plight of black people in other mm-hmm. like, Yeah. I, I, people, like, I, I hate, I, it blows my mind when people get into a room and feel like it's their place as non-black people to tell black people that they got it so much easier here. It's mm-hmm. my problem. They're like, you, you know who really has it hard? The black people in Nicaragua. Uh, uh, uh. 
the fact is I could be dropped in anywhere in this bitch and it's going to be hard. hard. Yep. <laughs> yep. We can't, we can't even flee. We can't even flee. We were just talking about that in our first episode. We can't even leave the country because there's anti-blackness everywhere. Even Africa, South Africans, like, you know, segregation didn't even end there till like the eighties. So. Yeah. And it's like too, like even digging even deeper into it when people talk about anti-blackness showing up between folks, folks who, who like, you know, folks who came here on the slave ships and folks who are from the continent and this mm. clash, this kind yep. of clash that happens because like, you you're know, not really African. You're not really. Yeah. And then, and then people from here be like, well, you not really American. Like what? Oh. I know. Well, I was going to ask you too. Um, well, you know, being as BLM, like in the time of, technology and stuff has had this global impact like this really like more so than any other times before because we have social media we have this the thing that connects us you know right now and we have this impact so with that being said what do you think this kind of this kind of unity looks like and what do you think it's capable of doing as far as the unity between all black people globally since we're all suffering in different ways what you mean? Can you repeat the question? Yeah, yeah. What? So, like, like, what do you think this unity looks like? Like, you know, we're talking about people saying, like, oh, you don't have bad, you don't have it as bad as as black folks in Nicaragua or black folks, you know, wherever. And if we were to be ununited, like, to be united globally, how would that look like? And what do you think the kind of impact that would bring? Like, it's a really big question. So it's like, no, like, cause something, cause I've been in a lot of conversations about like coalitions and, and stuff like that. And, you know, uniting around like a, a, a similar purpose, something that I, I, I'm, I constantly think of is like the way in which, you know, our black families are. Or like, you know, because it's, it's people who like theoretically, right? We probably shouldn't be together. We probably shouldn't. You know, we, we have so many different income, like outcomes and incomes and experiences, but we find a way to connect. Um, and I think it's finding a way that connect, but also really honoring the work that us individually have, have to do. And then there being a real conversation about when we hurt one another in those spaces. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't believe that black folks need to be like, quote unquote, united because I know that we are that already. And I know mm -hmm. that black folks, when mm -hmm. you start a new job, you find that other black person at the office. And <laughs> Hey girl, <laughs> they be like that. Like uh, Kim Peel have this uh, skit about like black people being able to read each other's minds and stuff like that. <laughs> I feel like we are so so connected, but I think that like really we're connected because we're connected on that on that that level of struggle because we know that wherever we wherever we are there is that there is pain there is struggle there is a, a fucked up history even though it's different but somehow yeah. similar to our to the american history but still yeah. we all have a fucked up history being black in different countries yeah and we like nod we nod to each other when we see one another in the streets and um um, like first, I think like, and like first, I think that's something we have to acknowledge as Black people everywhere. Like no matter where you are, like we 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 are deeply connected to one another. Always, we are deeply united. Mm -hmm. I like another part comes too. It's gonna take time. Like we do have to do that individual work to honor how we show up in ourselves, right? Like, I don't think for me, like I would love for, for our community to talk more about fat phobia, you know, mm -hmm. and how like how like we're in this country, especially like this BMI shit, the things that, you know, the things that are desirable to white in Columbia. In Colombia, there was this rule that you had to be a certain weight 
uh, or fits a certain BMI to go to to be to to be employed. They didn't want to have bigger employees because they said that bigger employees were unhealthy. They uh, they were more expensive yeah. to like maintain, uh, especially health wise, like maintaining like a um, insurance and shit. So yeah, that's that was in Colombia. It's so much shit that we gotta like de debunk. Because all this science is some anti-black ass science. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so I want you know. So, like, I think. I guess I think like we have to give ourselves time to like to to reflect on the ways in which we show up and what are our obligations to each other who may who may be at the margins who need to be centered. Um, and then too, like. Yo, like and men, and some some cis hat men with who, who get very upset with this. It's gonna be have to be led by women, like women and films. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, no, okay. So so I know you're like, well, let me let me just <laughs> take it away. <laughs> um, so do you think it's our place as as organizers here in the states? to organize overseas or do you think it's like if they call us to action like they did in Canada then we go and you know get called into action like superheroes like black women superheroes (laughs) I think think it's both right I think one we got to be in community with black organizers from other countries so that we have that relationship so that when we do get the call to come through it happens and we have trust in one another. We have experience working with each other and we know each other's styles as well as like the ways that we should show up in each other's uh, cultures and communities. Um, and then like in the meantime, we are taking one another's stories and we're bringing it to our community because like I would, you know, shit, I would love for like, I remember when I went to Howard, I was a part of the mock African union and like, and like, it was just all these black folks and we were all in a room pretending, you know, pretending to be leaders, uh, you know, leaders of, of Africa. Right. And, mm. you, know, I'd love, you know, I'd love for, I'd love for there to be like a, a time when we all come to one another's communities and we love on one another and and like remind each other um one of the the biggest gifts uh from like folks from Haiti who who are living in 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 Tawana is the story that they it is a, a the Haitian Independence Day so every January 1st I try to um to go be with uh be with our Haitian family in Tijuana because like Haitian Independence Day, that's celebrating how they freed themselves from slavery. Mm-hmm. They talk about the soup, the poisonous soup that they serve the masters. And like how, like, how they was <laughs> y'all, y'all are separating our families. Y'all killing us. We gonna poison your soup. And <laughs> we go poison your soup. We gonna poison your soup. That's what's happening. And it's just like to hear to hear that talked about and to hear our stories. And then I think too what it did for me as a black person from the United States who 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 you know was brought whose whose loved ones was brought on a boat over here and tortured. It helped me see like it helped me want to dig deeper into my history and like what plantation was my folks from and um and what are our stories? Yeah, I feel like you have really good points. I think what I'm getting from it is that we have to respect everybody's different experience being black. Because yeah. depending on our history, it, it affects us differently. Like even myself, like people a lot of times have called me whitewashed. Um, people have called me all kinds of things. But the thing is that I'm not African-American. My ancestors don't come from from being enslaved here. My mom is Afro-Colombian. So my my ancestors come from being enslaved in Colombia. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different like 
way of thinking about it because like I do carry that trauma and the trauma that it still affects me just because I'm black, but my, my, my experience and my identity is different and we have to honor all black identities and, and how all black lives have like lived their lives and conducted themselves, you know? And like, I, I'm, I'm excited in my personal journey further and further and other people's personal journey further and further away from uh, Africa that is hella cis, hella hat, like mm. hella, like yeah. like don't paint don't paint the villages that my ancestors came from as being these places that up, uh, upheld patriarchy mm. and sexism. Yeah, I was fucking with the binary like that. Like I remember CC CC McDonald. I went to this thing CC was speaking at. CC said it was trans people on the slave ships. Mm-hmm. And I believe that in my heart. I believe it. I, I know believe it in my heart too. It was trans folks. It was queer folks. Like it was gender queer. Folks. Like yo, like and like that's that's what I'm into. Like mm-hmm. our, our, we are not a monolith. We are mm-hmm. like communities, and it's something else in us. And like especially during COVID nineteen times, and with the uprisings happening, I've really been falling in love with oral history and mm. speaking to a lot of people that are new to this and and that it's exciting but it's also sad because for some people they think the first black person to be killed in this motherfucking country at the hands of police was George Floyd. Yeah. Like or or they don't believe that black people have not been killed in their own cities. Right? Mm. It's just like for me like that's major one that last part. Yeah, people, people be for real. Like, not in our town. Not in our uh uh uh. Yes, in your town, and probably a few in your town. <laughs> like, 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 yo, that's the that's the biggest thing. Like, I'm I'm always trying to try to honor self determination. You know, I believe that people who are closest to the issue are the ones that are closest to the pro- to the solution, and like I. I think that like, you know, at least me as like a black person who's who's like ancestors came over here on like a slave ship were uh, implantations here and, you know, we're a part of the great the, the migration to the Midwest and we made it to the West Coast via like military. Right. Um, like I, I think is I think it's so important for 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 me to like know my story and 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 know the ways in which that that is a, a, a it, it puts me in the 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 knit like the the knitting of of what black is in this world and then like also too reminding that like Trent you know Marsha B Johnson you know she she's my ancestor too yeah. you know? and like you know like like Stormy and them they are my ancestors too you know like. Yeah. And and like not forgetting that, like that history, my history, you know, isn't just some, you know, young black men in suits, right? Like it was, is is queer folks, is trans folks, is non-binary folks, and 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 like being a part of talking about that history, and then also being a part of making sure that that history isn't forgotten either, because I'm constantly teaching new folks about the uprisings in San Diego County that I've been a part of that. And and also letting folks know you are part of a legacy now. So I got it. Not saying you got to act civil, but you got to act like, you know, like we don't fuck with cops Mm -hmm. and you're part of a legacy that did a lot of work to make sure cops couldn't make decisions in our Exactly. Um, you know, like also, Yoselin, I want to lift up. Like you ain't whitewashed, and I hate that people. <laughs> I hate that, you know, I hate that people. People and like it is weird. People are strange because they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you whitewashed or my favorite. You not radical enough." Mm-hmm. Honestly, it does not get to me because I know that. I be putting in work, and all that matters is that work that's getting done. I don't even care about the cl- the cloud, none of that. It's just this, even as conversations that are important to be had, for people to be listening to them. Like 
this is all that that matters to me. I don't nothing else matters. I know that I'm doing the work. I know that I have privilege. I know that I should check myself when I need to be checked. But the work is the work the work I'm doing. I still I'm still doing it. Whether whatever you know whatever the case, and I'll step down when I have to. But yeah, but thank you so much for. Uh, thank you so much for being on this episode. I love you so much. I love you. Thank so you. Can, can you tell people where, where they can find you if you want to be found on Instagram? Uh, yeah, just like, um, oh, my our handles are so wild. Uh, hit me up at, at GCHRG on Instagram. And then uh, on Facebook, I'm Christina Griffin. But don't accept none of the friend suggestions because I friend everybody. Hashtag don't trust. My friend list, <laughs> my little friend. Uh, but um, but yeah, and then like on Facebook, you can find us Black Lives Matter San Diego on Instagram. I think we're at BLM San Diego. But if you hit me up, do you I'll- do you have any like does BLM San Diego have any any links for donation that they could find somewhere? Uh, yeah, just like on our social media, I'm putting together our web page. I think tonight. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, you can find us at blmie.org and Black Lives Matter IE on Instagram. Uh, we have Venmo. We have Cash App at blmie. We have a link tree in our bio. Donate to us to keep the podcast running, to, to have our space opening up real soon uh, and maintaining that. And yeah, uh, we'll check y'all later on the next episode. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. Bye. Bye.